now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett. Today on the show... Uh, Dragly Ever After. It can be such a drag sometimes, but always fun. We chat to Clara about a new season of drag. Uh, and Queer Street is back, talking about the indigenous populations of America. All today, right here on Shout Out. Shout Out. Shout Out. Dumb, dumb, dumb. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say dumb, dumb, and dumber. Then. Would I? Dumb, dumb. Oh, dear. You, you steady, steady. <laughs> Just while this isn't TV as well. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, you and your T's, shout out. It's like, you know, who, who brung you up? I, I was dragged up. Steph, Steph who insists that she has two Fs, can't even pronounce a T. A fuffer. <laughs> so, anyway, how are we all? Hello, everyone. Right. Hello, Terry. Right. Hello, Tara. Hello. So, Clara is here. She, she's just off mic at the moment. Well, you, you, uh, say hello. Hiya. Hello. She'll be coming yeah. probably a little bit later on. So. And Steph Fuffer. Yeah, had a good week, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've got so, a bit more so. time now because Terry, as and I, have um, just parked Saturday afternoon live for a while so we can spend more time on shout out stuff. Oh, so you're only on 90% of the week now as opposed to 100. Is that what you're telling <laughs> well, me? Well, probably 89. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not all on this station, I hasten to add. Yeah. Is this because you get getting everywhere. Old, I'm getting old. I'm getting cramming old. it in. <laughs> <laughs> So, and if Crabbing we sound a little bit different, is. by the way, um, thanks very much to Tara and um, um, Off the Rainbow. Uh, we have new microphones in the Talk studio. to the Rainbow. Talk yeah. to the Rainbow, sorry, not Off the Rainbow. That's all right. Getting them muddled up. Yeah, they were looking so a we, bit bedraggled, weren't they? They yeah. were, all a bit they were awful, basically, yeah. So now we're all shiny and we've got we're new shiny. lights in yeah. our eyes. We have. Now all we need to do is replace the staff <laughs> of uh, the radio station and we sound great. <laughs> wow. I include myself in that. <laughs> wow. Um, if Mr. Hart is listening, in the Caribbean right now <laughs> you're sacked Mr Star can you be sacked from community radio yeah, I suppose you could be yeah, asked probably, not to come yeah. back yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's happened to one or two isn't it so, um, but yeah no um, and it's nice uh, to have some like decent weather for a bit isn't it I mean don't don't, what, don't knock it you, you've had a day and a half that's your British summer almost over <laughs> so um, but because there's all sorts going on did you see is it um 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 one of the Span- uh, the American territories um, has just caught fire as well, oh, and they've had to Hawaii. Yeah, Maui. Yeah, yeah. 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 Really awful. It seems to be like the whole world is just catching fire this year. It's really yeah, worrying. Portugal's just had a load of fires. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm going to retire to Scotland. I think, I think the Scots gonna, will yeah, be in a good position I think so. soon. Just I think when, far enough north. When yeah. you declare independence, a lot of people will be wanting to join you up there. Because yeah. uh, Scotland is a very moist country. <laughs> Some of it. West yeah. Coast, uh, Central, but East Coast. Nice word, that, isn't it? It's moist. very moist. Very different country politically what to about, England about, as well. It's oh, a very yeah, different yeah. history. Very left. Yeah. Could you also call it clammy? <laughs> clammy. In no, the summer. Not clammy. Not in uh, Scotland. No. It's the midges. It's the midges this time of year. I've heard of yeah, that, actually. That, um, they bite you. Yeah, you just yeah. need someone, a victim that walks slower than yeah, you. No, you see, my husband <laughs> is like, I don't know why, but they, he obviously doesn't taste very nice because they don't bite him at all. Right. Mm. But they bite you. They you bite know, it's me, the yeah. English who sent them north. 
Well, the midges. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we ousted them. Uh, Get the other side of Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, they, they like moist weather. Yeah. Nice. It's, uh, <laughs> Are we trying to see how many times we can say the word moist in the, in the opening of the show? It's such a lovely show. word, isn't it, moist? I'll tell you another word I love, deluge. Deluge, yeah. It's a well, nice word. Yeah, I mean, the way that we've had rain recently, it's been a bit like that, hasn't it? Yeah, three times the average rain mm. last month. It has, yeah. So, when parts of the world get sort of the heat waves, drought, and fires, we get I know. Uh, deluges. Well, it's all, all, deluges. all us gays' faults, isn't it? You know, apparently, we uh, I'm sure the Daily Mail yeah. are blaming on trans women, you know, yeah. so you know what they're like. <laughs> so, anyway, and Queer Street is back. Uh, Lovely Airs has um, done another one. Um, this time on the indigenous populations um, of America. Yeah, it's a new oh, series of queer story. Yeah, yeah. we're going to so. work our way around the world, talking about how populations before Christianity came about and ruined it all. Mm. So have a listen to this. Hello, and welcome back to Queer Story. Today I am talking to you about the history of LGBTQIA people within the UK, what we're currently experiencing about the history of sex and gender, along with the profoundly interesting history of the Native American and Indigenous people, and their beautiful cultural belief that there are five genders. Less than 10 years ago, it felt like we had really moved forward with the way in which LGBTQIA people were seen within society. LGBT marriage was and is legal, people were being supported within the health system to transition, LGBT people could adopt children, history was being taught in school along with sex education incorporating the queer community. It felt like there was a generalised acceptance seen within the UK for all LGBTQIA people, and nobody was talking about nor obsessing over so-called safe spaces, such as trans women using toilets. If we think back to the 60s, it wasn't until 1967 that homosexuality was finally decriminalised, meaning that until this point a gay man could be arrested for simply being in a gay relationship and having sex with another man. Homosexuality was illegal in all circumstances up until 1967, and same-sex marriage was once just a distant dream. The 1967 Sexual Offences Act was a game-changer for gay men, as it permitted homosexual acts between two consenting adults over the age of 21. The act was a considerable milestone in achieving homosexual law reform. Equality for the LGBT plus community was far from being achieved. Restrictions were placed on what was considered private, and the act only applied in England and Wales. It would take a number of years for Parliament to fully legalise homosexuality, and the law was not changed for Scotland until 1980, or for Northern Ireland until 1982. Among the many legal hurdles queer people had to overcome was the battle to equalise the age of consent. Gay and bisexual men had been governed by a separate age of consent for decades, pushing them further into the shadows in the process. On the 8th of January 2001, the Sexual Offences Amendment Act finally came into force after it was passed by Parliament on the 30th November 2000, lowering the age of consent for gay and bisexual men to 16 in England, Scotland and Wales and 17 in Northern Ireland, finally granting queer people the autonomy over their bodies they so desperately craved. 
1994, the age of consent for men who have sex with men was reduced to 18. A compromise Stonewall would continue to challenge until an equal age of consent was finally secured in 2001. Northern Ireland's age of consent was set at 16 in 2008, in line with the rest of the United Kingdom. And yet, with all the progress we have made, it can feel like we've all been put in one big time machine and transported back to the mindset of the 50s. The difference being now that we have hundreds of radio stations, social media and multiple tabloids which post articles online daily. Society has again become more and more fixated on the binary, along with the apparent threat that trans people pose to cis people, a word that has caused controversial debates amongst cis heteronormative people. Discussions such as you're either male or female, your sexual organs dictate your gender and trans women are not women are being heavily pushed in our media on a daily basis and regularly spoken about in the UK and USA government. People like to forget or not educate themselves on the science that is that sex is anatomy. It is what you are assigned at birth. Gender is how you feel within your mind. Some people feel totally connected with their assigned gender. Others do not. Some people feel they were born in the wrong body and therefore have an R gender dysphoric and need the right support, care and understanding to get to a space where they feel that their mind and body connect. Some people are gender queer or non-binary and do not feel they fit into the gender binary at all, yet they can still identify as trans due to feeling that their body and mind do not align. People also choose to ignore or stay uneducated and ignorant about the history of the world that we live in. People forget and they forget easily. So, over the next few queer stories, I would like to talk about the real history of our world, the cultures that were and are present within society, and just how obvious it is that there has and always will be LGBTQIA plus people. And this is where, within this episode, I'd like to talk to you about Native Americans and their cultural acceptance of not two sexes, not two genders, but five the New World, this romanticised term, inspired legions of Europeans to race to the places we live in search of freedoms from oppressive regimes or treasures that would be claimed in the name of some European nation. Those who arrived in the Native American Garden of Eden, as it was referred to, had never seen a land so untouched and uncorrupted. The Europeans saw new geography, plants, animals, but the most perplexing curiosity to these people were the original peoples and our ways of life. Of all the foreign life ways Native American Indians held, one of the first the Europeans targeted for elimination was the two-spirit tradition among Native American cultures. At the point of contact, all Native American societies acknowledged three to five gender roles, female, male, two-spirit female, two-spirit male and transgender. LGBTQIA plus Native Americans wanting to be identified within their respective tribes and not grouped with other races officially adopted the term two-spirit from the Ojibwe language in Winnipeg in 1989. As the purpose of two-spirit is to be used as a universal term in the English language, it is not always translatable with the same meaning in native languages. For example, in the Iroquois Cherokee language, there is no way to translate the term, but the Cherokee do have gender variance terms for women who feel like men, and vice versa. The Jesuits and French explorers told stories of Native American men who had given to sin and hunting women with wives and later the British returned to England with similar accounts. 
George Catlin said that the two-spirit tradition among Native Americans must be extinguished before it can be more fully recorded. And in keeping with European prejudices held against indigenous people, the Spanish Catholic monks destroyed most of the Aztec codices to eradicate traditional native beliefs and history, including those that told of the two-spirit tradition. In 1530, the Spanish explorer Cabeza de Vaca wrote in his diary of seeing soft native Indian males in Florida tribes dressing and working as women. Just as with all other aspects of the European regard for Indians, gender variance was just not tolerated. Europeans and eventually Euro-Americans demanded that all people conform to their prescribed two gender roles. The Native American belief is that some people are born with the spirits of both genders and express them so perfectly. It is as if they have two spirits in one body. Some Samoan tribes believe that before a child is born, its soul stands before the creator to either reach for the bow and arrows that would indicate the role of a man or the basket that would determine the role of a female. When the child would reach for the gender corresponding hand, sometimes the creator would switch hands and the child would have chosen the opposite gender's role and therefore casting its lot in life. Native Americans traditionally assign no moral gradient to love or sexuality. A person was judged for their contributions to their tribe and for their character. It was also a custom for parents to not interfere with nature and so among some tribes children were gender neutral and wore gender neutral clothes until they reached an age where they decided for themselves which path they would walk and the appropriate ceremonies followed. The two-spirit people in pre-contact Native America were highly revered and families that included them were considered lucky. They believed that a person who was able to see the world through the eyes of both genders at the same time was a gift from their creator. Traditionally, two-spirit people held positions within their tribes that earned them great respect, such as medicine men, women, shamans, visionaries, mystics, conjurers, keepers of the tribe's oral traditions, conferrers of lucky names for children and adults. There were potters, weavers, singers, artists, in addition to adopting orphan children and tending to the elderly. Female-bodied two-spirits were hunters, warriors, engaged in what was typically a men's work, and by all accounts were always fearless. Traditional Native Americans closely associate two-spirited people with having a high-functioning intellect, possibly from a life of self-questioning, keen artistic skills and an exceptional capacity for compassion. Rather than being social dead-enders as within Euro-American culture today, they were allowed to fully participate within traditional tribal social structures. Two-spirit people, specifically male-bodied, biologically male, gender female, could go to war and have access to male activities such as the sweat lodge. However, they also took on female roles such as cooking, cleaning and other domestic responsibilities. Female-bodied, biologically female, gender male, two-spirits usually only had relationships or marriages with females and among the Lakota they would sometimes enter into a relationship with a female whose husband had died. Within this culture it was considered highly offensive to approach a two-spirit for the purpose of them performing the traditional role of their biological gender. Pressure to change also came from Christian missionaries. In 1903 a Baptist minister arrived on the reservation. According to Thomas Yellowtail he condemned our traditions. He told his congregation to stay away. He continued to condemn us until his death. That may be the reason no others took up the Bardet role after Oshtish died. 
As Europeans forced their way into North America, colonial governments eagerly formed white power structures. Land grabbed from natives and implemented the genocidal conversion tactics that has defined the relationship between Native Americans and Euro-American governments. When Christopher Columbus encountered the two-spirit people, he and his crew threw them into pits with their war dogs and they were torn limb from limb. The inhuman treatment Christians offered was only the beginning of the Native American Holocaust. As Europeans and subsequently Euro-Americans moved from east to west, they spread diseases and imposed European cultures and religions onto natives. In the 20th century, as neurotic prejudices instigated by Christian influences increased among Native Americans, acceptance of gender diversity and androgynous persons sharply declined. Two spirits were commonly forced by government officials, Christian representatives or even their assimilated native communities to conform to standardised gender roles. Those who felt they could not make this transition either went underground or committed suicide. The imposition of Euro-American marriage laws invalidated the same gender marriages that were once common among tribes across North America. The Native American cultural pride revivals that began in the 1960s, the Red Power movements, brought about a new awareness of the two-spirit tradition and has since inspired a gradual increase of acceptance and respect for gender variance within tribal communities. And it was out of this new tribal and self-respect that encouraged the shedding of the offensive Badache term that was assigned by Europeans. And that brings me to the end of this Queer History episode. I will leave the last words to the late Lakota actor, native rights activist and American Indian Movement co-founder, Russell Means. In my culture, we have people who dress half man, half woman. Winkate, we call them in our language. And if you are Winkate, that is an honourable term and you are a special human being. And among my nation and all Plains people, we consider you a teacher of our children and we are proud of what and who you are. It's important to know the history of the world we live in and to understand and realise that LGBTQIA plus people have always been here and always will be and that any attempt to eradicate us regardless of fake news, inaccurate statements, flawed scientific debates and hatred, we exist, we matter and we can't be erased. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's wishes of happiness and prosperity by uh, Sacred Spirit. Rather old track, that one. It's, it's very nice. I got that whole album. Have you? Yeah, on CD, which I, but I have no CD player now. Oh. <laughs> well, that's I've really helpful then, isn't it? <laughs> Ain't it just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, you're making me think I don't know if I do. I've got a Blu-ray player. I was expecting an 8-track, actually. But it was like 8-track. <laughs> well, I had an 8-track. In fact, that was the first player I had before I even had a CD player. Real to real. I had an 8-track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the cassettes. Becky, yeah. out of interest, do you know what an 8-track is? I've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, right, should we get some news headlines? Yes, of course.
is Shoutout News. Many LGBTQIA plus campaigners expressed solidarity with the environmental activist group Greenpeace after it covered Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's North Yorkshire £2 million mansion in 200 metres squared of oil black fabric. They're protesting major government plans for more North Sea oil and gas drilling during a summer of escalating climate impacts. Mr Sunak's government has pushed ahead with anti-transgender policies and he himself has been recorded making jokes at the expense of trans people. Many LGBTQIA plus politics watchers felt that action against this controversial politician was long overdue. The left-wing group Act Alliance for Workers' Liberty in its newspaper Solidarity calls for the release of Sarah Jane Baker, the trans activist who made the admittedly unwise but not serious remark about punching a turf at a transgender rights protest. The newspaper's article on Ms Baker is worth reading in full, but a few points in summary are Sarah was charged under Section 4A of the Public Order Act. Her life licence was recalled. She was arrested and imprisoned and will remain there indefinitely. The paper says that this action is politically motivated and that if the government can force police and probation to change their minds in the pursuit of a culture war, then the threat to protesters and freedom of speech in all forms is clear. Ms Jane Baker is a well-known campaigner on trans rights and a variety of other issues. She has worked on prisoners' (coughs) rights, Black Lives Matter, Stop the HS2. Sarah has always championed freedom of expression and identity, they say, and continues to do so, even whilst behind bars. She has significant support and a campaign to free her has formed. There have been two well-attended demonstrations outside the court where her case is being dealt with and more demonstrations are planned for future appearances. Her trial will be on the 31st of August in the City of London Magistrates Court and there will be a demonstration from 10am. Dr Scott Norholm, a neuropsychologist with over 20 years' experience, has used his professional experience to analyse just why far-right-wing men, who are usually white, angry and supporters of Donald Trump, are so fanatical against black history in schools, professional women such as Hillary Clinton, and are preoccupied with LGBT plus people. His essay is published on the website Alternet and is available to read for free. LGBTQIA plus peace campaigners joined with the wider peace movement over the weekend of the 5th and the 9th of August to mark the 78th anniversary of the dropping of the atomic bomb on the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The campaign for nuclear disarmament notes that, quote, this led to the deaths of 280,000 people, almost all of them civilians. In Bristol, there were information stalls, an open-air art gallery, plus drop-in discussion workshops on nuclear weapons, nuclear power, militarism, the arms trade, refugees, climate change and the protest movement. There were also opportunities for protests at military and nuclear related sites around the Bristol area. The event was also backed by other activist groups such as Extinction Rebellion and many lesbian feminists who were making clear the links between patriarchy and warfare. The Hospital Broadcasting Association, which represents our colleagues in the hospital and healthcare radio sector, says that Slanethli's hospital radio service, Radio BGM, excelled themselves at this year's Slanethli Pride, broadcasting live from the event throughout the day. Slanethli Pride was a huge hit and saw thousands of people attend, many of which, many of whom, sorry, stopped to say a big hello to the Radio BGM team, who were placed right by the main entrance. The chairman of Radio BGM, David Herford, said it was a truly fantastic 
fantastic day and I would like to extend my thanks to our incredibly hardworking team for all their efforts in making it such a success. Roman Catholicism is sometimes criticised by campaigners for covering up abuse and the oppression of women and minorities, but on the other hand, the Catholic faith also has a strong progressive tradition. In the US, a large coalition of Catholic congregations and groups, including the Women's Alliance for Theology, Ethics and Ritual, Call to Action, and the Sisters of St Francis, among dozens of others, have signed a new pledge entitled Beloved of God. In a press release, the organisers of the pledge say... As Catholics, we firmly believe our transgender and non-binary community members are beloved by God. We recognise that these individuals are living the dream God had for them long before their birth. Brighton in Hove News, an independently owned community news website and other LGBT plus friendly media such as the community broadcasters Gadio South, Radio Reverb and Brighton Community Radio have touched upon complaints made by disabled festival goers to recent Brighton Pride Festival that toilet provision was poor and in case rendered inaccessible. Ramps were said to be too steep to enter the access tent and the lack of rubber mats on the muddy ground meant that wheelchairs couldn't get onto the wheelchair platform. A group called Brighton Access for Disabled Groups Everywhere said, We have plenty of insight and ideas from our LGBTQIA plus members and are keen to be part of a pan-disabilities working group, working with other community groups in the city so that we can help Pride organisers and indeed other event organisers create truly accessible events that integrate our diverse community. A representative from Brighton Pride said that the organisation welcomed constructive feedback about what can be done better next year. They said, We were very upset to hear about the experiences that we were contacted about. We have been in touch directly to see what we can do and we will listen to concerns and make improvements. We welcome feedback and suggestions, especially from people with lived experience. BBC Radio Sussex reported that tens of thousands of people took part in the parade, march and festival for Brighton Pride and said that despite the poor weather, Spirits were high and angry at issues such as transphobia and attempts to divide the LGBT plus and women's movements from their traditional mutual solidarity. And finally, Manchester's Gay Pride Shop, which is one of a whole reinvigorated network of radical, queer, feminist and progressive bookstores that have opened up in response to the political climate of recent years, is enjoying massive community support as people go there to source gifts and titles they want for themselves. They've published a list of recommended reading for August, perfect for those holiday weeks by the coast, before we say say goodbye to the fickle British summer for good. Amongst their suggested titles are Laura Jacobs' new work on surviving transphobia a self-help guide and Kashaya Kabushani's novel of gay Muslim identity and living in California which is entitled I will greet the sun again to view the full list to order books and support this independent LGBTQIA run business visit gayprideshop.co.uk well for all of our news plus many more articles and podcasts of interest do visit our website shoutoutradio.lgbt for shout out news i've been terry star shout out news national and international lgbt news for you Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. 
Yeah, I don't know. It feels like it was only last week we played that. It was actually um, a fair few shows ago. <laughs> but that's called uh, Forever Young uh, by Becky Hill, and that is the residential remix. That's spelled with a Z. Um, Beck is going to be really happy that you're playing it multiple times on absolutely. this show. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. Do we have any tips yeah. on staying forever young? Um, get yourself a gay starter kit, I don't know. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking uh, the blood uh, of um, <laughs> an under 25. Might help. That's just my wow. remedy for the situation. Flexibility. I'm 672. <laughs> If you remain flexible, you're, you're more likely to... That's true. Uh, yeah, and thinking young, thinking young as well. Cod liver oil, yeah. yeah. I don't feel any, any, any older than I did when I was like a teenager. It's just my body doesn't quite keep up. Yeah, like no, 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 no that's very teenager. true. And learn something new true. every day. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's really important. And that's a good way to well-being. Mm. Yeah, yeah, learn something. So, anyway, Clara, Clara's here with us, so we're going to talk a bit of drag. Which I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I love the name, um, Dragly Ever After, which you said, you said, how did you say it came about? You, 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 did you get a list of different ones, you said? Yeah, well, when we were thinking about names, um, we come up with a few and put it on a poll on Instagram, and yeah, Dragly Ever was After was, was the winner. Um, <laughs> Are you allowed to let loose what some of the other suggestions were? Um, we had All Dragged Up. Oh, that's quite good, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was the one I came up with that didn't win. Just, you know. <laughs> 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 Hashtag <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about it then. What, what is Dragly Ever After? Dragly Ever After is a new family cabaret event um, that's being put on in Bristol that we're running. Um, it's really to create more spaces for queer families um, and also kind of uplift the... Uh, queer youth community um, and also give a stage to younger performers I think um, drag's gone quite mainstream with the um, with RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff like that we've got drag queens now starting drag in you know 10, 11, 12 years old um, and we've got some really really promising new talent coming up and they don't have anywhere to perform so so is yeah. it, this something, this is designed for under-18s then? Is, is yeah, it's, a, it's designed for families. Right. Yeah, so the whole family can come along to the events. Um, we do have um, a youth drag competition as part of the event as well, which uh, just gives um, young performers uh, opportunity to win a spot in our next lineup um, and just show off what they got, really. And Yeah. Nice. So, have I got to bring my own clothes if I'm coming along, or is that something that you help with? Or uh, no, everybody turns up as they as they as they want to turn up. Um, they can dress up or they can dress down. It's completely up to them. No, but I mean, um, if, if, if I want to come along and like have a go at doing drag, I mean, it's usually quite an investment. If if you're going to drag up, you've got to buy all the outfit and all the it can be expensive. Yeah, is. it can be expensive. Um, I buy a lot of my stuff from like Vinted and eBay and cheap places. Um, I, I refuse to spend a lot of money on drag. Um, you can do it um, cheaper if you really try. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's not it's not something that I can do if I come along and take part in the event. Then I've I've still got to get my own stuff. Yeah, you'd still have to get yourself in drag. Yeah, if you wanted to get yourself come to some charity that. shops. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a really good way. Of <laughs> so there are a lot around. There's yeah. a hell of a lot in Bristol. To, yeah, always good to support them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they've ever dressed in my size, mine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so what what brought about the what what brought about the um the the the, 
the idea to actually do this was it something that you were seeing because i mean drag is always like you said normally traditionally um you know a more adult entertainment thing unless it's like something like panto which as we all know is one of the oldest forms of drag that's been around yeah i mean drag drag really is for everyone it can be for everyone um like many other things tv shows like any anything in the entertainment industry really um you have your things that are for adults and you have your things that are more appropriate for, for um children and and teenagers and it's you know the content it's the con- um changing the content for the audience um but it doesn't necessarily mean that drag can't be for children and families yeah very well said yeah, yeah. i mean because it, it has i mean you, you must be aware obviously it's there's been a lot of press around it especially drag queen story hour um yes. who was shout out award winner unfortunately it's been heavily targeted isn't it? It, it, it that's not something that you've experienced for this year um we've actually had to take a um put extra safeguards in place whilst we've been promoting the event um, in order to sort of reduce any risk of getting any sort of negative behaviour, uh, negative negative attention or um, anything at our shows, which is a real sh- is I mean, it's a shame, really. We shouldn't, in an ideal world, have to do that. But given um, the family events that have been targeted all over the country and um, and elsewhere, like we've had to put those safeguards in place for this, which, uh, yeah, it's made it a little bit more difficult to get the word out, but it does make sure that um the event's going to be safe yeah. and yeah which is so, important bit yeah. isn't it you know so and and i mean what, what's your interpretation of people's take on that when they're very negative about it and you know trying to be nasty about it what what, what message would you have for them about the event that you're running um well it's it's difficult really because um i feel like a lot of these people don't want to don't want to listen to reason they don't want to listen to explanations um or sort of they they just want to validate their own opinions really um but yeah all I, all i can say is is drag can be for everybody um but not every show is appropriate for children and you know like i said before different audiences um yeah i mean it's it's been difficult with the rhetorics coming over from America at the moment and um, that's spreading a lot on social media and causing a lot of sort of hate and negativity to come um, out of that's manifesting in this country now too and uh, and I'm guessing yeah. the reason that you're doing this then is to try, try to say hey no look it's it is okay it is for everyone it is a and we make this a family family thing yeah i mean the best the best thing i think you can do in in the face of all that going on is is to keep going and put on these events and be like well you know come along and see um yeah so what can we expect at one of the drag nights that you're running you know the family friendly drag nights what kind of running order would you have is it sort of open mic or uh do you have to book you know beforehand to to do an act um, so we have our uh, performers that are booked yeah. um, already. So the it's it's held on Sunday afternoons um, rather than evenings, and it's uh, starts around two thirty, um, and it's a cabaret show um, first and foremost. So we have um, six performers that come. They do a ten minute set each yeah. um, of whatever 
they they've chosen to do um there's also games and prizes up for grabs and we really shake it up a little Brilliant. bit um and then in the final part of our show we have well in the third part of the show um we have an opportunity for the uh younger artists to come and have a go um and do a lip sync battle and walk the runway and oh, nice. um yeah. chance for them to win a spot on the lineup for the next show uh so that's uh that's something we're we're starting as well we really want to give a stage to to younger artists that don't have anywhere else to perform and we finish off with we've got an amazing drag dj pom-pom that will be finishing off um the last so hour and a half with like a disco the- when you shimmy down the the walkway, you can then go shimmy on the dance floor. Oh, as well. yeah. Crack out the dad dancing and all, all of that, all the family. So is this is this going to be a regular thing then? Um, I'm I'm yeah, we're hoping so. Um, we will keep it going. It is a self funded self funded project, um, so we don't have a funding going towards this. We are at the moment relying on crowdfunding and um, yeah ticket sales to get us through um so it's not what we would what we want to happen is for it to be in as to have a show in every school holidays um but uh we're probably looking at maybe christmas before the next one or when whenever our crowdfunding allows us to well, you uh, know, cover the I mean, overheads of the venue yeah there's a lot of people <laughs> listening and they all come down and buy a ticket yeah, yeah. i mean that would be amazing yeah. <laughs> so, so give us some details then where is it how do i um get tickets how much are they etc okay so it's at lost horizon um in bristol it's one to three elton street um near cabot circus um we're selling tickets currently on head first bristol um, so you can find us on there. Just search Dragly Ever After. Um, tickets are ten pound for an adult, five pound for a child, and we've also got some family bundles on there as well at a re- reduced price. Um, and there will be tickets available on the doors as well for the same price. So. Cool. Um, well, best of luck with it. Thank You'll have, you. to, have to have to let us know how it how it went, and especially yeah. if we end up having a Christmas spectacular as well. That'd, That'd be, be cool, great. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah we'd love that. So, it, it's, I don't want to think about Christmas yet. I still, I'm still <laughs> hoping we have a bit more sunshine before then. So, uh, But for now, um, Dragly Ever After, a big thank you to uh, Clara. Um, stay with us. You're listening to Shout Out. Back in a minute. The Shout Out Podcast. For more information about Shout Out Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. But um, but um, I like that song too. Obviously, yeah. Big disco well, hit, mm-hmm. yeah. It is a cracker. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard? Iraq is to ban the words homosexual and gender. Because oh, right. that'll, make, okay, that'll yeah. make it all go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Head in sand. It's so there's a lot of ostriches, obviously, in Iraq. 
Well, there's not really it's, much you can say about that. No, it's really. incredibly, <laughs> an incredibly bizarre and hysterical and authoritarian thing to do. Yeah. To actually ban language about something. I know, right? Yeah. It's a bit like there, there was one country where, um, was it Swatch released a Malaysia set of watches yeah. and yeah. they were all the colours of the yeah, LGBT flag them, and they yeah. went and confiscated them all. Yeah, and Swatch sued them, but now Malaysia's uh, brought a law in to say uh, any Swatch that is multicoloured is banned. But the, um, they've actually aimed that at Swatch. There's a law about a particular what, company. About Swatch? Or wow. just about a watch being multicoloured. Uh, they went for a Swatch. <laughs> yeah. A Swatch JK Rowling's in the news again, but Do in a good really way, I think. She's been airbrushed from the Museum of Pop Culture over her transphobic views. Now, the guy who runs the uh, museum says there's a certain cold heartless joy sucking entity in the world of Harry Potter and this time it's not actually a dementor <laughs> don't you just love that quote <laughs> I might repeat that again because that's really good <laughs> quote of the week <laughs> well, well if you're said. listening JK <laughs> I somehow doubt it to be honest but uh, there we are uh, even ChatGPT's <laughs> getting in on it, apparently. He's written a v- Bible verse about God-loving trans people. God-loving. Well, ChatGPT being the AI thing that yeah. everyone's yeah, been Yeah, well, that's good. And going. As we had in the news, you know, a lot of Catholic groups have come together to say, you know, trans people are loved and supported and that's a really great it's a really you know there are some really positive developments the church is positive yeah and the current pope I mean although he hasn't changed papal teaching on certain things is still very much different in his rhetoric from his predecessors Mm. so yeah there the trouble are is, there's certain that. countries like Poland, though, which is very Catholic, that are so right wing. They're even further right wing yeah. than the Vatican te- oh, current yeah. teachings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I was just reading the actual thing that it, it generated. Oh, go on. Yeah. So, well, um, um, a Reddit user actually, um, and they posted it on the r slash. Um, trans subreddit right and they decided to generate a bible verse using chat gpd gpt sorry because uh, they were feeling low and the resulting text is jesus accepting a transgender woman into heaven uh, which the user wrote gave me some comfort um it said and a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body came before him in quiet despair she asked um I asked, uh, Lord, I come to you estranged, for my spirit and my body are not one. How shall I hope to enter the kingdom of God? You want me to carry on? That's generated generated by an AI. It's all generated by AI, which has learned from reading um, Bible verses, I suppose. Now, I I will will let you into a little secret. Um, It doesn't always get it right. Um, (laughs) And if you uh, listeners may recall that we had the Shout Out Listeners Awards back in February. And, you know, it was quite a new thing. It just hit the press and I thought, well, sod it, I'll give it a go. So I said to it, can you write me um, an opening speech that is comical and funny for um, an LGBT awards show? And the result, resulting text was so homophobic, I couldn't use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're concerned, aren't they, that AI might pick up from the internet racism, oh, well, it does. homophobia, it's sexism, society, and so isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it reflects the internet. Well, yeah. Um, yes, unfortunately, which is the internet not society. is a place where, um, you know, unfortunately, what, those, those voices. Oh, sorry, it's not X. Twitter anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I've seen Terminator. I see, I know where all this AI ends. I'll be very careful. <laughs> 
So it's going to be bad. Um, the Australian, is it the Australian Broadcasting Corporation? The ABC. Um, um, have pulled off Twitter or X completely and just, just said it was, it's so vile and horrible yeah. a platform mm. filled with insightful, hateful things. They just don't want any part of it. So yeah. and there's lots of companies following suit. Mm. So it's really weird because I thought like they like Elon Musk had like vote asked everyone on Twitter to vote should he run the company or not and they voted no and he said okay I'll go get a new CEO and he went and got a new CEO and he's still doing everything. Mm-hmm. What's nice to see though is large corporations actually doing subtle stuff for the uh, the LGBTQIA community like, like Costa. Um, with that mural where they uh, took out one part of the mural <coughs> with a trans man with the um, the breast removal stitches still there. Um, and yeah. uh, yes, yeah, so good. But of course... That's it, not on your coffee, eagle, is it? Uh, what do you mean on your coffee? You said it was Starbucks. No, Costa. Costa, Costa, Costa coffee. Okay, yes, yeah. yeah, so it's a mural they put up in their, in their stores and oh, all right, their posters okay. and all that. But you can imagine that it really hit the fan. But it's just subtle nudges, isn't it, from companies like that? Just <laughs> yeah, just but it's, when, it's, it's when they back out, though, wasn't it? That Bud Light yeah, one now, is just Yeah, now horrendous. Costa hasn't backed out. That's the thing. But Costa is huge, isn't it? I mean, it's owned by Coca-Cola. So that's Coca-Cola doing a little nudge. But Unilever's, what's the um, ice cream company that is owned by Unilever? Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry. But They've always been quite radical. Oh, they're out they on their own. Yeah. They, Unilever tried to pull them back into the fold, but <laughs> whoa. I think when Ben and Jerry sold up their rights to Unilever many years ago, yeah. they said, we are going to remain fair trade, yeah. organic, yeah. and you know we're going to be mm. progressive and hippie in our values, because that's where they came from. Yeah. You know. Yeah. From Ben and Jerry themselves. I like your t shirt, Steph. Where Thank did you. you get your t shirt? Works your, quite well on radio. Your I LGBT thought. family t shirts from Primarney. So I'm it's designer. I'm really surprised at that. Yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised. Designer, and you can imagine the cost at such a, a high ranking store as Primarney. And they've got a range of Pride stuff. They had loads. Yeah. I'm really and surprised at that. It, yeah, I'm surprised cool. at the quality. Yeah. Because when I when I go into Primarney, I put a brown paper bag over my head. Cause God forbid I'm seen going in the, that place. There was some science scientific journal said that cost doesn't equal quality anymore. We can't just no. pay for no. quality. No. Well, well, they say that with wine, don't they? When when you're trying to test wines, uh, don't test it based on its price. price. Taste them and see if you like them. Yeah. So it's a bit like the show. I so found our uh, <laughs> listeners won't know. We we actually did a wine tasting with a. Um, 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 do you remember he was an actual wine connoisseur wasn't he yeah um, and I, I found the recording the other day it's not broadcastable because we're so drunk halfway through it it's yeah. <laughs> yeah made a mess in the studio <laughs> so anyway that's it for this week um, we keep saying it each week but we will keep reminding you we are looking for more volunteers uh, to join us and get involved in radio you don't need any experience and all uh, and there's loads of um, different volunteering positions available both on air and off right have I got time to do my bit yeah if you're in interested get in touch via our socials or our website shout at radio.lgbt see i told you your time yeah. hurry up then um, next week be <laughs> gay in indonesia uh, from myself from terry from tara and from steph Fafa, say bye bye everyone bye shout out lgbt radio for you